Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. So many people across this country have uh, viewed the video of the fight and stabbing on the Toronto subway train. It's resulted in an attempted murder charge against Moses Lewin, 25 years of age, no fixed address, attempted murder, aggravated assault, assault with a weapon, and two counts of failing to comply with a release order. So Mr. Lewin obviously has had other experiences with the justice system. If you saw the fight, and it's on social media in lots of places, the one individual who got stabbed seemed to be getting the better of the fight, and then the knife arrives, and you can see the blood starting to form, the blood stain forming on the T-shirt of the, uh, the gentleman who was stabbed, who was in critical condition when they took him to hospital. So what's going on? Because in the early 90s, we did a number of, oh, we did several years of programs of criminal activity and issues with the justice system in this country. And things changed when people got fed up. And the government changed the law. Those laws were appealed. They went to the Supreme Court of Canada. Some of them were upheld. Some of them were turned over, overturned. The Supreme Court of Canada now, to these days, is a far more liberal court than it was in the, in the early 90s. Terrible situation in that subway train in Toronto. Just thinking about the passengers on that car. They couldn't get off until the train stopped. But obviously, they were terrified. Another story, same city. It could be any city, but in Toronto, a woman shot and killed in the middle of the day near a daycare center. Police believe the woman had no connection to the three people who became engaged in an argument which resulted in the shooting. Ari Goldkind's criminal lawyer in Toronto. He's a media commentator. Ari always calls it the way he sees it. So, Ari, what's the context with this subway fight? What's the context? Well, Roy, good afternoon. Hi. You know, it really depends on whether there's an appetite for truth in this discussion. About 95% of Canadians who are rational, sane, commonsensical have been muzzled by the wokeness, identity politics, and political correctness of the day. And it's really important to put in context the two stories that you just mentioned. There's a third that we'll get to if we have time, but the two, the shooting where an innocent woman, known, loved, married, shot when there's a fight between three black men and a stray bullet, kills her. Broad daylight in Toronto, a city that in my view is dying, and a mayoral election just last week ensured that the death will come more quickly. The subway stabbing, for your listeners who haven't seen the video, they should. Moses Lewin, an ironic first name of all first names, butchers, while he is out on bail, this is an important part of the story, Roy, butchers, while he is out on bail, this Caucasian or some kind of Caucasian-looking man on a subway car filled with non-Caucasians. Watch the video. You will be hard-pressed to find a Caucasian. Why does that matter? Because this crime wave in my city is not only affecting the usual 
people that you are not allowed to defend or talk about anymore, the law-abiding, the civilized. It is affecting everybody. And if you look at that subway car, the number of Asian young people on that car, the number of black people on that car going to work or going to school or going to support their families, the idea that we cannot have an honest national conversation about crime, criminals, criminality, but you're only allowed to talk about identity when it serves the woke grifters, this political correctness, Roy, the theme has to be here all the way up to Ottawa, is that this political correctness and wokeness is costing people their lives. And if you don't agree with me, and many people won't, because many people want a virtue signal and call themselves the woke of the woke, imagine if that young man butchered on the subway was your brother. Imagine if that lady shot because three young men, and we again, we have to dance around, three young men. Imagine if that lady was your sister, your wife, your mother, your co-worker. Only when people start internalizing the fact that just because it didn't happen to you doesn't make it nauseating, sickening, and disgusting. Only when you imagine that this is somebody you care about will you start to understand that our country, Roy, is in extraordinarily, extraordinarily serious trouble. This is now a feature of our society, not a bug, but as you well know, Roy, Everybody has to tiptoe around this, and it's absolutely sickening. Interesting you raise that point, because when I was very active in pursuing justice issues in the early 90s, Harry, and I did programs from inside prisons with inmate committee um, members, I did two of them, and some of the most highly profiled criminals who had 75 convictions behind them when we were still being released and committing more crimes, including shooting a 21-year-old police officer in, uh, in Sudbury, they were white. And I'm not trying to, I'm not challenging what you're saying as far as the relevance of the discussion is concerned. But I, I'm just, I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm politically correct, but where does race actually fit into this, Ari, from your perspective as a criminal I lawyer? hundred percent from a criminal law point of view, and I speak for nobody other than myself. I am, I, I can assure you, Roy, I am not beloved in my profession because while I'm very proud to be a criminal defense lawyer and I defend anybody to the nth degree who needs my help, I believe in that. I believe in advocacy. You've asked me a very direct question that nobody will dare talk about. And the answer is this. You will read right now, and the Roy Green audience can go and Google right now, the term overrepresented in jails. You will be told on one million Google searches that black and indigenous people are overrepresented in jails. There's never a discussion about it. There's never a question of why that is. And the statistics are there, Roy, for your audience. What groups commit crime in what proportions? You can look up Japanese old ladies. You could look up Jewish rabbis. You could look up imams, you could look up the Dalai Lama, you could look up Norwegians. Police and Stats Canada keep statistics of which group at per, at per capita or other global measurements commit crimes. Why does this matter? Because rather than having an honest discussion of what's going on here, 
How do we stop this? Are we going to take the handcuffs off of police? Are we going to stop being politically correct? You mentioned a detail to your audience, Roy, and I, don't, I know we don't have a ton of time, but you mentioned a detail. Moses Lewin was on bail yep. at the time, yep. okay? Yep. He's at the, on bail at the time that he butchers this young man on a subway car in Toronto, a subway car in Toronto, by the way, which is the scene of crime after crime after crime. Our criminal code and David Lametti, the worst justice minister in the history of justice ministers, and that's saying something, Roy, trust me, the criminal code codifies that if you are black or indigenous, the judge or justice of the peace must bend over backwards or do cartwheels. I am paraphrasing, obviously, but it's right in the criminal code that if you are black or indigenous, you have a better, more increased chance of bail than a Caucasian, an Asian, um, you know, a Pakistani. It's insane. And if we're going to have criminal codification of that, this is what it leads to where the simple notion should be, is somebody a risk? Is somebody dangerous? Or are they not? This social engineering, Roy, is not working. And for those who disagree with me and say, how can he say this? And how dare he say this out loud? I not only am a criminal defense lawyer and would defend the men who do this, I am also a citizen who lives in the world where I don't simply say to myself, well, I live in a nice area and this won't happen to me, I'm immune. This is somebody's brother, this is somebody's mother, this is somebody's wife. So unless we're going to have a conversation of all aspects of race, religion, criminality, all of it, I'm sorry, I don't clutch my pearls when you're only allowed to talk about one aspect of it, but you can't talk about all of it. Ari, I, I, I mentioned this, uh, this work I'd done on the uh, origins, the ethnicity, the linguistic origins, the race of, of victims. And I'm going to see if I can find it. It was a long time ago, but I'll see if I can find it. Yeah. But I can best describe this, and I'll ask you to share your thoughts in a moment. But I want to tell you this. That was, I guess it was probably 95 or 96, and I was working out of uh, 640 in Toronto, and there had been a number of police shootings, and I just spontaneously on the air one morning asked, four words, do you trust police? So this turned into five days of nonstop three-hour programming. Five days. That never happens, Ari. Never happens. And it was so incredible to listen to people because it took on a, a direction in life of its own. We had mothers. We had fathers. We had young people. We had police officers. We had doctors and nurses. You name it, they were calling in. And we had a young black rap group listening to the show. They wrote and recorded a song about the program, and they came into the studio and we played it on the air. And this is what, what I'm getting at with you now is when you said we have to have an open and frank discussion in this country, those five days will always be absolutely um, in my mind as an example of what happens when a community says, yeah, let's talk. So here's where I'm going to take my part on this, all right? Because people hear me talking about Moses Lewin, and you, you mentioned I am a criminal defense lawyer, very lucky, very successful at it, and I would defend Moses Lewin to the nth degree if he called me. Nobody should make that mistake of not understanding how proud I am of what I do, okay? I know people find that oxymoronic, or they don't go together, but we don't have enough time to get into that segment. Let me respond to what you just said, and I'm going to give a personal anecdote, which I 
very rarely do in my media life. Many, many years ago, about nine years ago in a political life, I decided I would explore that. And I ran on a pretty strong anti-police platform because I'm a criminal defense lawyer. I cross-examine police for a living. And I've seen a lot of lying. And as because I wasn't a name at that time, I went door to door. And where did I go to door, door to door? Particularly and predominantly black neighborhoods. And I went thinking, you know, I'm going to hear a lot of anti-police rhetoric. Get them out of the schools get them out of housing, get them out of our areas, because about 2 to 5% of the woke grifters, the Ben Crumps of the world, particularly post-May 2020, make it seem like the whole entire universe, black, brown, white, you know, green, orange, everybody hates the police. The one lesson I learned, Roy, and I've never forgotten it, I can tell you to this day what doors I knocked on was... You know, they call me Mr. Goldkind. My real name is Ari. I don't call my Mr. Goldkind. They say, Ari, I don't know what you're talking about. We are being taken advantage of by an extraordinarily small number of people of our own group, of our own background, very young men, now sort of 13 to 25. And Ari, I'm only interrupting to tell you I have 60 seconds. No problem. I'm going to finish, which is at that point, they would say to me, we have as, right, as much right, and they're right, to live the same way Justin Trudeau lives, behind closed doors, to have the same security that all the wealthy people and the 100,000 heirs and the millionaires who have private security details who seem to speak for people don't. Almost to a person, they wanted more police to ensure that just because they don't make as much money as you or me or Trudeau or anybody else that you can name, They have the right to dignity to be away from drugs, away from guns, and away from the extraordinarily small number of people who create this havoc. It's a lesson I never forgot. I don't think this is a racial discussion. And those that try and make it racial, I think are complete grifters. I think I did that in under 60 seconds. You certainly did. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.